the bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Stephen Weissman, who's an attorney. Uh, he is also the author of a new book called The Truth About Avoiding Scams. Welcome to the show, Stephen. It's good to be with you. Let's just start off a little bit of your background, and then we'll get into uh, the book and, and various kinds of scams. What has got you so interested about uh, scams? And tell us a little bit about your legal background. Well, I was always kind of uh, interested uh, in scams. They were intriguing, and uh, certainly with con artists, the only criminals that are known as artists, uh, sometimes you even have to admire their art, even though the, what they're doing is so totally dishonest. But I think what really got me into it was when I became a victim of identity theft. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of led me into uh, a greater curiosity as to uh, the whole world of scams. And identity theft is certainly a major part of that. And uh, looked into that. Um, I've got a, uh, a law practice uh, in uh, Massachusetts, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I'm also a uh, college professor uh, at Bentley College uh, in Waltham, Mass. So um, my pra- much of my practice is actually uh, estate planning and probate, but uh, certainly have gotten involved with uh, people who've been victims of identity theft in particular and some other scams. And what are some of the research you did for this book? How did you find out? You have a whole long list of scams we'll get into here, but what, what was your process in... in uh... You know, researching all these different kinds. You know, uh, it's it, some of the things come to you, and uh, I, I always get a, uh, a chuckle when I look in my uh, email on a daily basis, and uh, not just the the letters from Nigeria that uh, are uh, open and apparent scams, but sometimes they are very, very elaborate. What they call phishing, uh, which is a uh, a way that there's a counterfeit website that you get lured to uh, in an email and. Uh, I got some fish, phishing messages that looked uh, absolutely terrific, uh, and one was from uh, eBay, and they wanted to uh, have me update some information uh, about uh, my PayPal account, and I think actually I may be the only person in America who's never been on eBay, so uh, <laughs> it gave me kind of a little bit of a hint that it was a scam. So uh, from there, I just uh, did my research uh, online and uh, uh, also through uh, various law enforcement uh, officials and uh, agencies, and was able to uh, come up with my list, which is always evolving. Let's just talk about the overall uh, kind of environment for scams these days. Uh, certainly, you say in the book that the uh, advent of the internet has certainly made it easier, I guess, and yeah. more prevalent. Give us a sense of kind of the size of amount of money people are losing to scams today versus, say, 20 years ago, and the internet really didn't exist. Well, you know, the thing is, interestingly enough, it's a it's a growth inter- industry, and uh, uh, the thing with uh, scams is they are always in season. Scams are high tech, low tech, and no tech, and so the uh, the high tech scams that we see now, uh, you see uh, from uh, organized crime here in the United States, organized crime in Eastern Europe. Uh, you find it from disorganized crime uh, all over. You've got the teenage computer hackers. You've got actually terrorists who are funding terrorism uh, through uh, scams and identity theft. Uh, it's absolutely everywhere. And interestingly enough, many of these scams are just updates on scams that have been with us uh, for hundreds of years. The uh, the Nigerian letter, 
that's one that uh, actually goes back to uh, 1588 when it was called the Spanish Prisoner Con. And uh, what that worked uh, was someone would get a letter similar to uh, what we get uh, today, uh, this time on behalf of a wealthy aristocrat who's imprisoned in Spain. And if you just come up with a little bit of money to help get his release, you will get great sums of money uh, when that person gets uh, released, as well as, which they don't give us today, the uh, Spanish prisoner's beautiful daughter in marriage. So when you look at the the money that is lost um, here in the United States, it's uh, more than a billion dollars a year, and that's probably a uh, that's probably a low figure. And what is, is law enforcement getting better or worse at, at tracking and, and closing down these scams? You know, that's it's an interesting question, Jordan, because um, to a certain extent, some of these scams are just so difficult to track, and uh, they also uh, involve. Uh, some of these scams will start from uh, foreign countries. Uh, Romania uh, has uh, a lot of these scams that are going on throughout the world. Uh, Nigeria has a lot of these. And in some of these countries, you don't get a lot of cooperation uh, between the uh, law enforcement there and here, although just recently uh, the FBI and Romanian authorities did cooperate and uh, did get some indictments out there. But for the, unfortunately for the average person who is scammed by identity theft or scammed on his uh, or her computer, um, the, uh, really, law enforcement really isn't up to the task, and uh, they may go after some of the, uh, the bigger scams, but uh, to, a, to a great extent, uh, scamming is a, it's a growth industry for crime. It's a high reward and low risk of getting caught. And what percentage of scams today you think are online? Is it the vast majority or is it half? Just give me a rough idea. You know, it's hard to say. There probably are uh, more than half of these scams online, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the uh, the money from those uh, scams is equal to uh, half of the money from people being scammed because uh, very often it's a matter of going where the money is. And so uh, we have uh, affinity fraud. And uh, with affinity fraud, you get someone who may join your particular uh, Oh, a uh, fraternal organization or a, uh, a church or a synagogue, uh, and they become part of your community. Uh, they're people like us, except what happens is they're really joining just to uh, lure us into a scam. And uh, once they get your trust, the next thing is they get your money. So uh, there are a lot of uh, scams that are done on a good old one-to-one basis that uh, aren't online that uh, really do work as well. Let's talk a little bit before we get into some of the individual scams about the psychology of a scam and a scammer. Uh, people today are very wary because there's been so many scams and so many people ripped off and people are aware of uh, spyware and all the different things on the, online. So their defense, people's defenses are already up. Um, in that kind of environment, how does a scammer uh, kind of psychologically get over people's natural defenses and actually succeed in, in ripping people off? Well, you know, it's interesting, Jordan, because uh, they have a, uh, a knowledge of psychology that Freud would envy, and they know what's going to work with the particular person. Um, you know, maybe they trumpet in a legitimate and impressive-sounding business connection. Sometimes they appeal to our optimism. Sometimes they appeal to our desire for a quick and easy solution to life's problems. Uh, you see that a lot with... Uh, scams involving uh, exercise and weight loss. Sometimes they appeal to our greed, and uh, 
what's interesting was there was a study by the National Association of Securities Dealers not long ago that indicated that wealthy, financially literate, and astute people were actually more likely to be suckered in by a financial scam. Um, these scammers are extremely intelligent, and they know how to manipulate just about all of the aspects of our own vulnerabilities and particular weaknesses and psychological makeup. So despite the fact that perhaps we should be much more skeptical, I think a lot of us aren't, and uh, we become easy prey. Did you actually interview some scammers, people in prison or something, for the book? I actually have, and uh, interestingly enough, um, there was a, uh, a scammer uh, in the Boston area uh, who I had uh, been involved with, who at one time was a, was a client of mine, and uh, it was an eye-opener because when I was first representing him, it was not in regard to his scams, and I didn't realize he was a scammer, and it was only after he got caught uh, and uh, his... Uh, his Ponzi deal, which like uh, which is a, a common type of scam, uh, came down that we uh, got a chance to talk about the psychology of a scammer. And so, what did you learn from talking to him and other scammers? Uh, just it, about how they go about, you know, getting up in the morning and say, "Well, let's see how many people I can rip off today." It's just kind of a different psychology than most people have. It is, but you know, it's almost like uh, yeah, some of these people are looking to punish people for their ignorance, and it's just, well, if you're going to fall. Uh, pray to uh, my deal uh, and uh, my offer really sometimes even with these scams they're exploiting little kernels of dishonesty in their own victims so uh, they basically consider anybody fair play and I've never uh, never met a scammer who had uh, much of a conscience so they don't have remorse about doing this and uh, continuing to rip off old ladies and people who are very vulnerable then not not really. You know, occasionally uh, you'll see that after someone is caught. But, uh, no, remorse is not a, uh, a large part of the repertoire of the scam. <laughs> and, and do some people kind of do this for years and just never get caught? I mean, it's really quite a, a livelihood for them. They just kind of go on and on and, and just never get caught. Yeah. I, as, you know, we, we'd like to, to think that uh, what happens uh, in all of these consumer crimes is that the, the law catches up with them. But, uh, no, there are people that uh, move from scam to scam and uh, with little likelihood of getting caught, and uh, uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous drain on people. And uh, you mentioned the fact of, of seniors, and seniors are a, a large target of many scammers. And it's like the old line about why did the bank robber rob banks? because that's where the money is, and uh, that certainly is one of the reasons uh, that scammers target uh, seniors. But they also target them because all too often when they do become scammed, they're embarrassed about that. They think there's something you know, wrong with them, and they're afraid to even uh, tell authorities or, or even family members that they have been scammed, mm-hmm. which makes it easier for the scammer to keep going on. Hmm. Just wild, it really is. <laughs> all righty, well, uh, you have um, 60 different scams that you talk about. We probably won't be able to get to all of them, but we certainly get to a good number of them here. And again, I'm speaking with Stephen Wiseman, uh, who's a lawyer in the Massachusetts area. His new book is called The Truth About Avoiding Scams. Uh, he has a website, actually, uh, which is stevelaw.net, uh, where I guess you'll take emails about these scams and then give them lots of information about them as well. Yeah, right? as a matter of fact, there is a section on the, uh, on the website uh, for scams and identity theft. And one of the things it does is it gives you all of the steps and links that you can use to do the protections of yourself from identity theft that you would pay hundreds of dollars to do to some of these companies that are uh, advertising uh, so heavily out there. And this just shows you 
step-by-step how to actually do more for yourself than what others might do. Very good. Well, let's start with the first one, which is identity theft. Uh, it's being done in lots of different ways. Just tell us a little bit about the damage that can be done for people uh, whose identity is stolen. You might even tell your own story here. Yeah, you know, it is the biggest consumer fraud uh, in the world. Uh, and it's, as I said, high-tech, low-tech, no-tech. It's done by drug addicts. Uh, methamphetamine addicts are actually uh, hired by uh, rings of identity thieves, whereby they will sometimes go to oh, dumpsters and take material that has even been shredded, give it to these methamphetamine addicts who will stay up all night piercing together the material that's shredded. And it can be maybe it's something you threw out that you got as a solicitation for a credit card. Maybe it's a bill. Maybe it's a check. Uh, terrorists have used identity theft to fund uh, their actions. Al-Qaeda uses this. Organized crime here and abroad, the teenage computer hacker in your neighborhood. Often it's a rogue employee at work or even your family. But the big thing is people don't recognize sometimes how deep the uh, harm can run because it not only compromises your credit, but your credit and your credit score can affect your ability to get a job to get insurance, the rates you will pay for insurance. It can affect your medical care. Even it puts you in jail for a crime you didn't commit. Just crazy. We're going to go into this more detail. I'm again speaking with uh, Stephen Wiseman, who's a lawyer based in Massachusetts. Uh, he's come out with a new book called The Truth About Avoiding Scams. Uh, his website is stevelaw.net, where he's got a lot more information on that. And we'll be hearing some amazing scams that, they, that are out there these days. We'll be back after this. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, The Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in 
purchase both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Stephen Wiseman, uh, who's an attorney in Massachusetts. Uh, he's come, come out with a new book called The Truth About Avoiding Scams. Uh, his website is stevelaw.net. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Oh, good. Still good to be here. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about identity theft. Just give us a sense of the size of uh, the identity. I hear all kinds of different numbers, but what's the reality of how many people get hit and how much is lost and so on? Well, uh, more than a third of uh, all of the fraud complaints uh, to the Federal Trade Commission for identity theft. and uh, Recent figures uh, put the, the number of victims in the United States at about 14 million of them uh, a year. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge crime. And... Uh, it, it's one that, you know, there are things that people can do to keep themselves uh, protected from identity theft. Uh, one of the problems, though, is no matter how good you, you, know, you are at protecting yourself, uh, your information is in all kinds of other places. And uh, if the, uh, the places you work at, the, uh, the companies you deal with, your bank, are not protecting the information from without, from uh, being attacked from without, or from within, from rogue employees and who has access to it. It can make problems. The the General Accountability Office does a uh, a great study uh, on the risk of uh, data breaches and identity theft uh, every year in the federal government. And uh, it wasn't a surprise to uh, to learn that the Veterans Affairs Office, where they had had a, a major breach, uh, was one of the worst offenders, but it certainly wasn't something that brought a lot of confidence to people uh, to read that uh, Homeland Security was not very secure. And uh, we also even have Medicare, which on seniors' Medicare cards, they have their uh, Social Security number as the identification number uh, right on the card. And this, uh, you get someone's Social Security number, and you're off to the races as far as identity theft goes. So uh, despite the, uh, the criticism of other elements of the government, uh, Medicare has been really slow to do anything to correct this obvious problem. Now, there was a new law. I guess it's called the FACTA law, the Fair yes. and Accurate Credit Transactions Act. I think it was 2005, as I remember it went in. Um, that was supposed to help people prevent identity theft and recover from it in either way. What, what kind of impact has that had? You know, it was, it, it's the old uh, better than nothing. There were, there were some good things in there. So uh, there are things like when you uh, use your credit card, uh, it will only uh, show and print out on the slips. Uh, part of the uh, the number. It also uh, dealt with uh, ways that people could uh, have greater access uh, to their credit reports. Um, there were a lot of, of good parts uh, to the uh, Fair and Accurate, Accurate Credit Transactions Act, but the the bottom line is it, it didn't go far enough. And uh, one of the problems is the uh, the major credit reporting agencies uh, when they uh, have all of this information. Uh, when it gets accessed by an identity thief, uh, 
at that point, the identity thief can use your credit report for uh, all kinds of things, including um, paying and buying uh, high-ticket items. And uh, the the credit bureaus really didn't do enough and aren't doing enough to keep uh, our records secure. But now they'll they'll even charge us to uh, so to help them uh, make it more secure. So even though they should be doing this anyway, they're going to make a buck by charging us to uh, uh, keep their records secure. But there is a good and very, very effective way, and I mention this uh, in the book and uh, on my uh, website, how people can protect their credit report. And this is something called a credit freeze. And if you put a credit freeze on your uh, credit report, it's a lock. It's a lock on your credit report that prevents your credit report from, by being seen from anyone unless you specifically, through the use of a PIN, make the credit report available. Now, this gives you a lot of protection from identity theft because even if an identity thief is able to get access to enough personal information of yours, such as a social security number, to get your credit report, they're not going to be able to pierce it. They're not going to be able to actually access the report without knowing your PIN. And this was something that was fought a great deal by the business community. It was also fought by the uh, credit reporting agencies. And one reason it was was because it slows down impulse buying. It takes just a little bit longer to go through the what they call the thawing of your credit freeze to open it up so you can uh, use your credit report. But uh, what happened is it's the old line of uh, when you're getting run out of town on a rail, get in front and make it look like you're leading the parade. <laughs> the, uh, after a lot of states started putting in laws for credit freezes, the uh, credit reporting agencies now uh, are allowing everyone to do this. But so Are, are uh, you saying that people should have? A credit freeze on kind of permanently and as, as a protection measure? Yeah, I really think so, Jordan. And, and I think what you do is you put it on. It does give you just so much more protection uh, as far as uh, your your credit report and from identity theft goes. And then if you're going to buy a car, if you're going to get a mortgage, you just um, have, it, uh, have it released temporarily and then put it on again. And it, it takes about a day, but that's it. And, you know, this was one of the arguments that didn't make sense to me was uh, some of the uh, some of these banks would say, well, gee, you know, if someone uh, is going to be able to get a mortgage, it's going to be uh, delayed because of the credit freeze. And it's the kind of thing of you get up in the morning and say, ah, I've got to get a mortgage this afternoon. No, you, you can wait the day to get it. So it's a, it's a good thing. Uh, on my website, there's a place you can click in to get to the information for, uh, to put a credit freeze on uh, for your particular state. Uh, in some states, it's free. Other states, it's a small charge, but it is well worth the money, and it is one of the the best ways of protecting yourself from identity theft. Now, this is one of the things where there are some companies out there that are telling you that they will protect your identity for the hundreds of dollars a year. They don't have credit freezes, interestingly enough, as uh, part of the package that they're giving. What they do is they uh, put on a fraud alert. And a fraud alert is supposed to uh, provide that it's an alert to anyone who is going to be uh, looking at your credit report, such as someone who, from whom you're buying a high-ticket item, to check and confirm your credit. But, frankly, there's no teeth in the uh, fraud alert law because there's no penalty for not uh, following it, and a lot of companies uh, don't bother to, uh, to give it any kind of credence. So the credit freeze works just so much better than a uh, fraud alert. 
One of the big forms of identity theft, you say, is medical identity theft. What are some ways that people get ripped off through the medical community? It's a, uh, it's a huge thing, and uh, this is something people are just starting to become uh, aware of. With uh, medical identity theft, what happens is someone gets, uh, and often it's an inside job from the uh, doctor's office or hospital, they get uh, information about your medical insurance, and then they use your medical insurance uh, to get uh, their, their treatment. Part of the problem here is, that sometimes what happens is you get a mixing of the medical records. And so you may have a wrong blood type that shows on your medical record or conditions that aren't yours that show on your medical record, and it can really affect your treatment. And the the privacy laws regarding uh, medical records are so strict that very often it is very, very difficult, nigh on impossible, to get this incorrect information off of your credit report, excuse me, off of your medical reports. All you can do is have it indicated that this information here is not accurate on the, on the parts that, where you have become a victim of medical identity theft. But it's becoming more and more of a problem, and it creates a, a real physical health danger to people. Now, things that are related, and I guess feed identity theft, are various kinds of online uh, scams. And the certain, second one you talk about is phishing. Uh, spelled P-H-I-S-H. Why describe kind of how that works and how that can cause people to get ripped off? Yeah, phishing is where the the con artist uh, constructs a counterfeit website. Looks like that of a legitimate company or even the the federal government. Uh, In fact, one of the ways uh, phishing was being used recently was people would uh, get an, an email and uh, it would be from the IRS telling them that they could get their uh, Economic Recovery Stimulus Act uh, checked faster by going to this IRS uh, website, uh, put in your bank uh, routing number, your checking account number, and uh, your check would be sent to you electronically. So you go to what looks like the legitimate website of the IRS, but it isn't. You're giving the checking account information and your bank's routing information uh, to a con man. And uh, they empty your bank account, and then they also take the information you provide them, and they make you a victim of identity theft even above and beyond that. So uh, this is one of the things that uh, people have to look out for. On that particular scam, the uh, uh, economic stimulus package checks, everyone should be aware there was only one place that the government would ask for uh, information about you to send the check electronically, and that was on your 1040. Uh, they do not contact you to uh, confirm that information, and they don't ask for it uh, any other time. So uh, if you didn't put it on your, uh, on your 1040 when you send in your income tax return, uh, you're not going to get that check electronically, and anyone who contacts you saying they're from the federal government and they're there to help you, uh, they're lying. So something like that, I'm sure the IRS found out about it like in the first day it happened. Don't they have sophisticated people who can go find these people and... And closing, I just don't understand why a major fraud like this can continue and the law enforcement people can't find them and close it down. Um, it's, it, the part of the problem is uh, your computers and my computers are sometimes used by the, uh, the scammers uh, in order to, uh, to do their scams. It can be very, very difficult to trace. Uh, they will bounce their, uh, these uh, phishing websites and emails from a uh, number of different places around the country, excuse me, around the world. The other thing is they will use uh, what they call bots, and it's uh, zombies, they, zombie computers, where your computer gets infected uh, and is used to send out some of these scams. So 
very often people don't even realize that uh, their uh, their computer may be part of this a uh, whole network of scammers. So what can you do about something like that? There again, the big thing is uh, when it comes to safety on your computer, you've got to keep your uh, your computer and uh, all of the the software in there and the uh, security software up to date. Uh, and there are a lot of good packages uh, out there, but the big thing is that you have to have it with automatic updates because they're constantly changing. The interesting thing is, you know, there, there are people who are paranoid and. Sometimes maybe even the paranoids are right, but they're paranoid about doing business online and uh, giving out a credit card. Uh, in fact, you're probably safer online than you are going to a brick-and-mortar store and uh, using a check. If you use a check, uh, that information can uh, be taken uh, by uh, scammers, identity thieves, con men, uh, much easier than it can with a secure sale online. Amazing. Well, we're somewhat paranoid, but we're about to be more paranoid after we find out more about the different scams we're talking about. Again, I'm speaking with uh, Stephen Weisman, uh, whose new book is called The Truth About Avoiding Scams. Uh, he is a lawyer in Massachusetts. His website is stevelaw.net. And we'll be back after this with much more about scams. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Small business owners, do you want answers to your most pressing financial concerns? Do you want to stop stressing about money and finally understand how to create wealth? Let Elizabeth Potts Weinstein and the Wealth Spa Radio Show answer your most pressing financial and legal questions about your small business and help you achieve business success and the lifestyle of your dreams easier and faster than you could imagine. The Wealth Spa Radio Show broadcasts live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Radio Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome 
back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Stephen Weissman, uh, who is an attorney in Massachusetts. Uh, he's done a book recently called The Truth About Avoiding Scams. Uh, his website, which has much more details about these things, is stevelaw.net. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Good to be with you. All right, let's talk about Trojan horses. Uh, this is not the, uh, uh, from the ancient times. This is happening today. What, what kind of Trojan horses are being infected in computers, and how can you combat them? You know, you, you think of the Trojan horse, and uh, you, you remember how it uh, came in uh, to Troy, uh, and unbeknownst to the, uh, the the people of Troy, inside uh, were the the Greek soldiers. Uh, with the Trojan horse that uh, we're talking about, uh, it's a keystroke logging program, and so, unbeknownst to you, you have invited in. Uh, this keystroke logging program, or other malware as it's sometimes called, and it's hiding in your computer, but it's watching everything you do. So if you go online with your credit card, if you go online and give your social security number, if you go online and do anything, uh, it is logging down all of that and sending that back to the uh, identity thief and scammer. And uh, through that, they're able to get at uh, your bank accounts, uh, they're doing any online banking. They're able to get it, uh, use your credit card. Uh, they're able to get at your brokerage accounts. And the interesting thing is we invite them in. And sometimes we don't know how we do it, but uh, there are some common ways. And one is you've got the, com- the family computer, and uh, maybe you've got some teenage kids that are uh, using that computer and they're downloading some free music. That's what a lot of kids do. Or maybe they're downloading free video games. Well, what they're also downloading with some of that free music and some of those free video games, they are downloading these keystroke logging programs. And so these sit in your computer, and unless you have the proper kind of security software on your uh, computer to keep that out, you're going to be in danger. And interestingly enough how this works, there was a, a big, big data breach at uh, LexisNexis, which is a, uh, a data gatherer uh, often used uh, in law enforcement. And what happened in this, and hundreds of thousands of uh, individuals had uh, their personal security breached with this, what happened was there was a uh, police officer in, in Florida, and he's online, and he happens to be uh, looking, he sees something for free porn. So, well, he goes to his free porn, uh, gets what he thinks is his free porn, but he also got a keystroke logging program logged into the uh, police computer. And from there, they got all the information the, uh, the con artist needed for, uh, to access the LexisNexis account of this particular uh, police department. And uh, that turned into a major national data breach. It's amazing, it really is. <laughs> all right, well, we have, uh, I'm going to go through a lot of other different scams. We have uh, PayPal and eBay. These are the ones you get all the time that are basically it's phishing, right? Is that the main problem with that, or are there other problems with Yeah, and, you know, what they do is, again, it's trying to lure you into giving the information. And so uh, maybe you get something from uh, uh, PayPal saying there's been a mistake on your PayPal account, and we just need you to uh, correct that. Sometimes with eBay, it's uh, you now uh, the, the person who would outbid you on something uh, is not... Uh, buying the product, we've got a, a special deal for you. Uh, but the bottom line is you won't be getting these kinds of emails. You'll get these when it comes from, uh, say, from uh, eBay. You'll get it through your eBay account, not from a regular email that says it's uh, from 
uh, from eBay. Uh, you, you know, you were talking at the start, you just, everybody has got to be skeptical. And one of the things is, uh, and I got something the other day that I need, I was supposed to confirm information uh, about my AOL and I would be closed down. And it's usually your account will be closed, uh, access to whatever will be closed within 48 hours unless you act right now. And I got one from uh, AOL, but it wasn't from AOL. And so anytime you get a telephone call, an email, and if you think there is even just a kernel of possibility that it could be accurate, what you do is you don't respond on the phone to that person. You don't respond uh, to that email, uh, to the website they send you. But you call a number that you know is the bank. You call a number that you know is the IRS, that is AOL. And that way you are secure in the knowledge that you're talking to the real deal. And uh, it just seems that just about 99.9 times out of 100, the notices that you've gotten are indeed cons and scams. Uh, you do have uh, truth number nine is uh, free porn. How, what kind of uh, problem happens happens with that when you download some of that? Well, what happens there is, and you know, porn is is huge on the uh, on the internet. And uh, what what's happened uh, with some of the uh, the free porn was, and particularly this is uh, the one I, I mentioned in the book. I uh, had to do with a an Eastern European country called Moldova. I never even heard of it before. It's between uh, Romania and the Ukraine. And what happened there was, if someone went uh, to the particular uh, site, uh, they would continue to be logged onto that site even when they thought they were uh, they were off of it. And they would have all of these huge charges that would turn up uh, on the. Uh, on the uh, phone charges and uh, computer charges for the uh, the person who was going there, so that's it's one of these things where uh, you, you really have to be uh, wary. You know, another one as far as uh, phone charges, similar to that, is uh, the area code eight oh nine scams, and these are you get a call uh, from area code eight oh nine, which is in the Caribbean, that maybe uh, a relative uh, is having a health issue down there, or just got arrested, or maybe there's a con. Contest you're involved with, another one of these contests that you've won that you never entered, uh, and they keep you on the line for as long as possible. Meanwhile, you're being charged huge amounts on your uh, telephone bill. The key thing here is, if somehow uh, someone does fall victim to this, don't pay it. Uh, you can uh, dispute this with the phone company. They can't stop your service because you're disputing it. And frankly, for the scammer to challenge that and to try and get the money from you, they would have to sue in the courts of the United States, and that's not going to happen. So uh, even if you become victimized by this, don't pay the bill. So the phone company is going to take the hit in a case like that. Uh, yeah, in essence, they will. Yeah. Okay, you also have a chapter on Ponzi schemes. I think people know what Ponzi schemes are, but what are some... Recent examples of, of Ponzi schemes that are out there today. Well, you know, Ponzi is probably, he's the patron saint uh, when it comes to uh, scammers. Uh, the originator of a classic pyramid scheme uh, where an investment advisor often claims to be getting great returns on your investment when, in fact, what they're doing is taking the money from new investors to pay the early investors. Uh, this scam uh, with uh, Ponzi himself, Charles Ponzi, started in Boston uh, in the early 1900s, and he was sending these, he was selling these postal money orders, and frankly, he was brought down not by law enforcement, uh, but by a uh, crusading reporter, who, uh, when starting to add things up, realized that the inventory of what Ponzi was selling, that Ponzi had more than existed in the entire world. Mm -hmm. So 
this is the kind of thing that happens, and frankly, uh, the... Uh, the scam where uh, recently uh, in Boston a uh, financial planner and uh, broker had uh, stolen about $30 million from uh, various clients of his, it was the same thing. People would give, uh, give him the money. They thought it was being invested, but instead what he was doing was he was taking the money. If people needed uh, you know, small amounts, uh, they would be getting it from other investors. But eventually, these Ponzi schemes and these pyramid scams always fall. And when they do, everybody is left holding the bag. But the key is, is the promise of high returns, probably with great safety over a short period of time. That's the kind of... Catch- yeah. You know, and and Jordan, and that's it. You know, it's it really is the old. Uh, if it's too, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. And yet, I am constantly amazed by the sophisticated people who I know will come to me and talk about, well, gee, what do you think about uh, this particular uh, investment? Uh, and it's it's guaranteed. Well, first of all, the guarantee is only as good as the person guaranteeing it. Right. But there are so many investments that. Sound good. One of the ones that always gives me a, a, uh, a chuckle uh, has to do with these uh, these prime bank investments, and we are going to get because you're special. Uh, I guess we've all listened to Mr. Rogers. You're going to get in on this uh, mm-hmm. this investment that only uh, these super secret banks in uh, in Europe have uh, for these great high returns, and it's so secret that if you ask about it to uh, various federal agencies, they'll deny it uh, exists. And I'm thinking, wow, what a great con is that? You tell them that if they try and check on it, they'll be told it doesn't exist. And people still fall for this. Amazing. Okay, uh, next one is probably people getting a lot of these things, which is the whole Nigerian scam. Now, you said this goes back to the, uh, you said the 1500s in Spain. Yeah. Is this probably the most common one out there? I mean, certainly the volume of email, you certainly, it's not only Nigeria, it's, Loads of other variations of it these days as well, right? Very much so. And, you know, we, we call them Nigerian, and in fact, a lot of them do. I don't know why they they started out uh, so prominently uh, in Nigeria, but many of them still come from there uh, and other countries uh, as well. But it it's still amazing to me that uh, people still fall for it, but they do. And uh, that's the most uh, incredible thing, that somehow... Uh, you have been singled out, and when anyone gets one of these things, you know it's not legit. And the person who is falling for that, maybe it's their little kernel of uh, dishonesty and greed as well uh, that is uh, leading to their downfall. But uh, you send out enough of these, and uh, you do get people that fall for them. Apparently there have been some quite prominent, prominent people. That, uh, there was a congressman from Iowa, I think, and there have been some other quite prominent people that did fall for this, and actually they pulled them in. They would pay a little bit, and then they went for the big hit and took that money, and then they ran. Yeah, and you know, and that's the interesting thing is uh, what you'll find is, uh, again, the psychology of it is terrific. It's just a little bit of money that maybe you need at first. Okay, what the heck, we'll give that a try. And then it's, well, you know, it's getting a little bit more complicated here. We need uh, money for maybe it's even to bribe one more official or to pay for one more administrative fee, just a little bit. We're so close, so they pay that, and they keep building and building and building this, uh, and you never get anything except the promises of great sums of money. So, yeah, I uh, I. I get amazed at the people that, that fall for these scams. Although you talk about the ingenuity of some of these people, and one of my, one of my favorites was a, uh, uh, a dishwasher in, in New York City who decided he was going to uh, get into the identity theft uh, business. 
Uh, he called a uh, detective agency, said he was uh, from the phone company and uh, was dealing with uh, buying a uh, or getting new security help, and they were interviewing agencies. And I'll tell you after the break how he turned that into a scam that took down uh, Warren Buffett and Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> okay. Even the smartest of the smart yep. seem to be victims these days. Well, I'm speaking with uh, Stephen Wiseman, who's an attorney in Massachusetts, uh, whose website is stevelaw.net, uh, whose new book is called The Truth About Avoiding Scams. You can hear there's plenty of scams to be avoided these days. And we'll be back after this. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve Total Wealth Management. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three-Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Steve Weissman, who's a lawyer in Massachusetts. Uh, he's just come out with a new book called The Truth About Avoiding Scams. Uh, his website with much more information about this in the book is at stevelaw.net. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Good to be with you. We've come through many different scams, and we still have more to go here. We don't get through all of them, but uh, let's do lotteries and contest uh, scams. What is, what's going on in that area? You know, everyone likes to win a lottery, but you've got to figure, how about one you haven't even entered? So what happens is people are informed uh, they've won a lottery, but 
you have to pay some taxes, or you have to send a processing fee, or you're sent a check, and maybe it's even a certified check. Maybe it's a bank check with instructions to deposit it and send back some money. Well, their phony check bounces, but yours doesn't. And uh, this is one of these things where, here again, it, it is amazing the people that, that fall for these because it's tough enough to win a contest that you've entered, let alone one that you haven't even entered. And uh, yet, you know, we all want that. The, the contests sound like they're legitimate. They look like they're legitimate. And, you know, we were talking about parts of the world, and for some reason a lot of these uh, phony lottery contests uh, scams uh, come from Canada. Yeah. So, um, and I, they're all fraudulent. Is that what you're saying? There, there is no yeah. national lottery you can really legitimately enter. Is that right? No. I mean, there are some national lotteries, uh, but you're, you're not going to be able to get on them uh, through, uh, through an email, and uh, you're not going to be able to have uh, won them uh, without, uh, without even uh, entering or paying something uh, getting in. So, Essentially, unless you're absolutely sure, and when you're contacted first, you know it's a scam. You also have vanity uh, scams, I guess you'd say, uh, things in the exercise area and weight loss. What, what are some of the things being done there today? Because there's been a lot, a lot of promises made over the years in both those areas that don't it's turn big. out true. Yeah, and you, you, the, the thing is, Jordan, that you know, it's, uh, well, it's a fertile field uh, which to plow there. And uh, there aren't any easy answers for, uh, for weight loss or exercise scams. And part of the problem is a lot of these scam uh, products uh, that are being sold, we see in legitimate newspapers, we see in uh, legitimate radio, television, infomercials. That doesn't mean that it's effective. And uh, there are a lot of phony scientific evidence and testimonials. Uh, in 2007, the uh, Federal Trade Commission settled claims against a number of these companies who paid $25 million in fines. One of the things that's always kind of interesting uh, to me and gives me a chuckle is there are times when some of these federal agencies will bring charges, and then rather than uh, go to uh, out-and-out trials, uh, they'll settle. And they'll settle with substantial fines and uh, injunctions. But what happens is you get companies, as was done with many of these uh, companies who settled on the weight loss uh, programs, uh, they state, we categorically did nothing wrong, and we promise never to do it again, and we're also going to pay you $25 million. Right. Okay, then you have romance scams. Let's go into those briefly. Yeah, it's kind of sad, the romance scams, because there are a lot of people who go online for romance, and frankly, it works well for a lot of people. There are many legitimate sites, but many are not, particularly the overseas ones, and uh, they're... Russian is a particular Russian republic where they lure people in with phony pictures and you're encouraged to send money to bring the person over to the United States, but they never come. And uh, this is something where, uh, again, you'll see uh, sometimes the pictures uh, are of various models from uh, modeling agencies. You start emailing uh, back and forth. You think you're in, in a relationship uh, and uh, there's nothing there. So it's really one to be wary about. And then you've got what you call secret admirer scams as well. Oh yeah, you know it's it's the same uh, same type of thing where uh, you supposedly have the secret admirer and uh, they contact you, they build a relationship, and suddenly they're after your money. Then you've got a whole section on telephone scams. Uh, let's start with cramming and how that works. Yeah, the idea with uh, with cramming is somehow you end up uh, with additional charges on your uh, on your phone, and uh, the the 
the thing here is that you actually have invited these phone calls or these phone charges on there uh, because these unauthorized that you think are unauthorized charges, and maybe sometimes they're a one-time ripoff, but they can also be regularly monthly charges that appear on your telephone bills. And a lot of times people don't notice them because our telephone bills uh, these days are the size of uh, phone books. But sometimes what happens is maybe you go to uh, some kind of a... uh, uh, any uh, a booth at a home show or something like that where you fill out a sweepstakes card. Well, you may find out that uh, by filling out that sweepstakes card, you're also signing up for a telephone card or another service that does get added to your telephone bill. So the thing to do is look at your telephone bill every month. Look for things like miscellaneous charges and credits. And if you see things that are on there that shouldn't be, uh, comp- uh, really you should uh, fight those. You have a whole section on tax scams as well. We can't again go into all of them, but what are some of the most common tax scams people are seeing today? Well, you know, one of the one of the biggest uh, one is the slavery reparation scam, and that goes back to uh, a bill in Congress authorizing forty acres and a mule as compensation for slavery. But this bill never became law; it was vetoed by President Andrew Jackson. But what happens is there are a lot of people taking advantage of uh, members of the African-American community by telling them that this is the law, but it's kept a secret by the government, and that we can help you by uh, helping you with your tax return so that you can get a slavery reparation. And uh, to make this even worse is this problem was amplified by the IRS's own admission that it mistakenly paid out $30 $30 million of these slavery reparation scams. But this is something that they, they come down quite hard on now. That's good. Now, you also have Medicare scams. What are some of the prescription drug scams having to do with Medicare? You know, and the, here again, it's uh, you've got a lot of seniors uh, dealing with uh, Medicare. Medicare can be particularly complicated. Uh, certainly the uh, Medicare prescription uh, drug program, Medicare D, uh, is very complicated, and so suddenly you get uh, someone coming to your door or calling on the phone or emailing uh, that they've got a, uh, a new program uh, for you for the Medicare for the prescription drugs, but it turns out not to be legit. Here, it's very easy to check with Medicare to see which plans have been approved, and then someone should always do that uh, before signing up for anything. Then you have a whole area on ATM uh, and, and skimming. Uh, instead of scamming, this is skimming. Uh, people getting your PIN numbers and basically use it. How does that work? Yeah, the thing with skimming is when you uh, have your uh, ATM card or maybe you're using a credit card and you're at a restaurant, there's a device called a, a skimmer, and it's about the uh, the size of a deck of cards, and your waiter or whoever you give the the card to can just whisk it through that, take out the, uh, the information uh, on your credit card, and use it. Uh, this is very, very tough to find and uh, to, to find out who is actually doing it. Now, you, you talk about uh, law enforcement. There was a person who was uh, from Philadelphia, was in San Francisco using a credit card, uh, became a victim of uh, skimming, uh, but was able to uh, put a lot of weight behind finding out who did it. The thing was, it was the Philadelphia district attorney who was in San Francisco for a convention, so suddenly it became a higher priority matter. Mm-hmm. But for many of us, you watch your credit card uh, whenever you're in a uh, paying for a, in a retail store uh, to make sure someone isn't running it twice, once to, to get the charge and once to get the information. That's amazing. 
We only have about a minute left. Again, I want to tell people that uh, the book is, we're referring to is called The Truth About Avoiding Scams. Uh, my guest this hour has been Steve Weissman. His website is stevelaw.net. So why don't you just kind of sum up briefly all the different ways that people can get scammed and what they should be watching out for in this kind of Internet environment. Well, you know, the, the biggest thing uh, I used to teach in the, the Mass State Prison System, and I had a student who was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences, meaning he had to do a sentence second after he died. He asked the judge, how do you expect me to do this? The judge said, just do the best you can. And in the book and on the website, we tell people how to be skeptical, but also the steps they can take to protect themselves. Well, thanks so much, Steve. It really has been a fascinating idea. We didn't even get through all the scams by any means. There's many more uh, that people can find out in the book. So be careful out there, folks, because there's lots of people trying to get your money and, and that's ruin your identity and do all kinds of other harm. Thanks again to Steve uh, for the interview. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.